talk with you guys about today including in entertainment news looks like mark hamill uh appeared in the mandalorian season one in a cameo that many people don't really know about we'll talk a little bit about that in sports genie bus uh she's one of the owners of the lakers shares a very vile and racist letter talk a little bit about that as well in video game news crash is crash bandicoot coming to ps4 and xbox one uh that is crash bandicoot it's about time so we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with that and the rumor on that plus today i have a special guest slade smiley he is the um Real Housewives of Orange County alum and one half of the host of Not Too Taboo podcast. We'll talk with him a little bit about his experience on set of the Real Housewives of Orange County. And let me tell you, he's got a lot of uh, very interesting stories to tell or to talk about, actually, regarding his character on the reality show. But first, here is Dirty Machines BBFB right here on the Xander Effect.
yo, what up? This is AB, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. I told y'all these bitches ain't fucking with me like that. When I'm driving, ayy, pulling up in that Mozzie, ayy, tattoos on my body, ayy, through a dinner, it's private, ayy, I'm for sure you are probably, ayy, got the bitch on the molly, ayy, I'm a church and they copy, ayy, talking shit and they hiding, ayy, I'm busy getting the check, got them all set and they bet, I'm in the neck, I just got brand new adjust, I just might land on the deck, tell me what's next, I got the Louis on me, I got them juice in my teeth, swear that it be, just go and Google the drip, bitch, I am who you gon' see, Say you got a bitch, but you keep fucking with me. Touchdown in the 305, hop out the PJ. Bank account so long, it look like Oprah Winfrey. Shit too easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Shit so 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 easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. I need a Spencer thing, yeah, that's what I Bank account so long, it look like Oprah Winfrey. Shit too easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Yeah. Shit so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Fuckin with me. Shit so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. What? Shit so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Fuckin with me. Shit so easy, baby. The why she call up easy, baby. Ice wet might freeze me, baby. Late punch, she say don't leave me, baby. Sin pigs been teasing lately. Then in that pussy, yeah, he the greatest. Late night creep, be the crazy. Don't spit out that nuts, say eat it, baby. Who fucking with us ain't nobody. Baby, stop playing that rim in that body. I'm really trying to get inside it. Put this whole ass, say, ooh, it's Trying to get with you one night. Throw it back, baby, say, ooh, she fighting. Strum back, say, ooh, she biting. Pull it, man, ooh, she like it. Ring, 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 call AB. All that tough, dumb, and nigga can't play me. Too cool, little nigga, say, Swayze. Ballin' on that nigga, come and yell at KD. Boy, you can call a nigga, yell at AD. Nut up on the grill, tell that bitch, say cheese. Bend for the dick, make the mama say, please. Be the pussy, a real, real life. Say you got a bitch, but you keep fucking with me. Touchdown in the 305, hop out the PJ. Bank account so long, it look like Oprah Winfrey. Shit too easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Shit so 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 easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. It's AB, baby. And my boy, Yellow Beezy. Yeah, we fuck it up.
That was AB's Nobody right here on the Xander Effect. In entertainment news, it looks like uh, the former Star Wars alum, Mark Hamill, uh, basically uh, went ahead and confessed that he played a voice. He, he, you know, did one of the voices of one of the droids in the fifth episode of The Mandalorian. He did an uncredited cameo on the on the TV series. And um, although he may be done playing Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, and of course Star Wars is pretty much done to this point for, so far, well, the regular part of it. Um, Mark Hamill still has uh, some sort of uh, involvement still with The Mandalorian, so that's actually a pretty cool thing. So if you go into episode 5 of The Mandalorian, there's a scene where Mando, which is the real his real name is Din Djarin, he is basically seeking a hideout uh, because they're hunting him for the child, for the little baby Yoda. Um, you know, and while he's, he's waiting for his ship, the Razor Crest, to be repaired, he goes into the Mos Eisley Cantina, which back in the the Star Wars A New Hope, they didn't allow droids in, but this time, it looks like a droid is actually, uh, you know, is actually, uh, I guess, managing the place, and the, the droid is also tending bar. Well, it turns out that the droid's voice is actually voiced by Mark Hamill, so if you go into that episode, you'll be hearing Mark Hamill's voice in one of the droids, so that's a pretty cool little tidbit of, of information that many people didn't know. In other entertainment news, uh, the new season of uh, Mystery Iglesias premiered this week on Netflix, and let me tell you, my my opinion on that uh, on the new on season two, I gotta be honest. I mean, I love Gabriel Iglesias. I think his comedy is <laughs> it cracks me up every single time I watch it. Hell, I even like watch you know some of his uh, stand up over and over again because it's so hilarious. But I mean, and, and season one of Mr. Iglesias was fantastic. I was actually looking forward to season two. I was a little bit disappointed though because the season two just seems a little bit too dry for me it seemed like uh it was way too it wasn't organic as much as season one was you know the comedy wasn't as organic as the first as the first season it seemed a little i mean i know it's scripted obviously it's scripted but it seemed too scripted if that makes any sense to anybody um in which case i i think that it just seemed it just didn't seem to flow as well anymore it seemed too cookie cutter and uh i was a little disappointed i mean yeah the show is still good but it just wasn't as great as season one. I'm hoping that that changes in season three. But again, that's just my own opinion. Um, you know, many many people may have a different opinion of the of the of the show. They may like it. They may think it's fantastic. I personally thought it was okay. I didn't think it was as great as the first season. I just thought it was okay. So we'll see what happens. In uh, they did leave on a very cool little cliffhanger. So if you haven't watched it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, but they did leave it on a really cool cliffhanger involving uh, Gabriel Iglesias' students. So you guys got to watch it because it did kind of leave me wanting to see what happens in season three. And I was a little bit upset because I was like, no, that can't be the end of season two. I was really upset about that. So we'll, uh, you know, uh, we'll, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to season to season three. Uh, but hopefully they go ahead and change the comedy a little bit and make it flow a little bit better than they did in season two. In other entertainment news, I had the opportunity to... Uh, chat 
with uh, Real Housewives of Orange County alum and one half of the Not Too Taboo podcast, uh, Slade Smiley, and he had a lot of uh, awesome stories to talk about uh, about regarding his experience on the Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, he also talked a little bit about uh, this uh, new the CBD oil that he's uh, that he's uh, that he's actually very proud of, uh, and he also talked about a little bit about his um, his uh, production company. So a lot of cool stuff to chat about. But before we get into that, here is Laced in Blues Wake Up right here on the Xander Effect. Sometimes I feel the need to wrap my mind around things. It all feels like a dream. I wonder what it Try not to rewind Slowing down does just fine Stop and take a look from another perspective Is it what you expected? Make the call manifested Cause you're suffering Find a way we hide And see that life is but a dream Wake up, wake up, wake up Wake up, wake up Wake up, wake up, wake up Wake up, wake up 
matter of fact, I have Real Housewives of Orange County alum and one half of the Not Too Taboo podcast, Mr. Uh, it, uh, Smiley, Slade Smiley. Slade Smiley, how you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> how are I tried you? To, I tried to do that very James Bond-like. I don't know right. if that worked. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it worked. It worked. It worked great. <laughs> so, Slade, man, I got to tell you, you, you definitely have a lot of uh, background going on with you. And, uh, I mean, mm. but first I wanted to ask, how, how did you get started in reality television to begin with? Well, uh, my neighbor, Mr. Scott Dunlop, created The Real Housewives of Orange County. He was the series creator. Everyone believes that it was Andy Cohen and, and Bravo Television, but but Andy um, uh, Scott Dunlap actually created the series. Mm -hmm. uh, I had been an actor since I was eighteen, uh, doing a lot of television commercials and a uh, bunch of stuff uh, in entertainment. And he knew that I was uh, part of SAG and you know working actor. And he approached me about an unscripted comedy that was called Behind the Gates. And that unscripted comedy was his version of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. So people remember that show created by Larry David? Uh-huh. And the concept was you have these really wealthy people that are living behind this gated community, but they're highly dysfunctional. They're all screwed up. doesn't matter how much money they got. They're just, they're a mess. Nice. And, and so uh, for the first three months of production, uh, we had writers on set. We were doing a lot of comedic setup. You know, they had me saying all these douchey things. Um, I'd be on the golf course with my clients. I've got my sis assistant would be in the cart with me. And one of my clients would say, dude, you really suck at golf. And I'm like, I go, yeah, but I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I, I go to tee off and I, I take three or four balls out of the bag and I put a golf ball down and I, I tee off and I look at my assistant and I'm like, Megan, grab my balls. <laughs> You know, it was just, it was all stupid slapstick satire. Nice. And, and we, we did this for three and a half months. We filmed all this stuff. I mean, they had me recreating scenes from American Psycho, you know, just doing, you know, where I would, I would shave and peel and moisturize and try on six suits and all the ties and the watches. I mean, it was just super over the top, but it was really, really fun. And uh, at the end of three and a half months, he comes back and he says, look, I've got really exciting news. You know, we've been acquired by uh, NBC Universal mm -hmm. uh, and they're, they're placing us with Bravo Television. Uh, the bad news is, is that Bravo has decided that they love everything that we're doing, but there's this really popular genre called reality television <laughs> and, they want, and they want to change format to the show. Mm -hmm. uh, they would like to create what they're calling a docu-series. So we're going to film more of a documentary style. Mm -hmm. However, we want the storylines to be a bit more uh, soap opera-like. Mm -hmm. So we're really going to start to focus on the women and their interactions and all these things. So uh, I wasn't too thrilled about that, actually, because obviously I was an actor. I'm like, I don't know much about reality. That's not what I signed up for. We've been in production for three and a half months. You're like, I know pretend, like, not reality, damn it. Yeah, I, I know pretend, <laughs> not reality. And the thing that we're really, really shitty, honestly, is the fact that Scott goes, well, here's, here's the other problem we have. They don't want to let go of the footage we've shot over the last three and a half months. They want to, they want to air that. They don't want to lose it. And I'm like, yeah, but Scott, you've positioned me as the world's greatest douchebag. So, <laughs> so to, to do this in a satire or comedic vein, people get it. 
because you're playing a character, you're playing a role. Uh-huh. You take the things that I've done and the things I've said and you brand the show as a reality television show, I'm going to look like a tool. Yeah, they're going to really not like you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that is how I was positioned for the Real Housewives of Orange County. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That must have been so, so surreal. <laughs> what's up? Well, here's the thing that you don't even think about, right? So uh-huh. people, people that knew me go, obviously, that's not him. We know who he is uh-huh. as a person. But the people that don't believe everything they see. Of course. And, and at that time, um, my partners and I owned a large title insurance company. I was in the real estate business for almost 20 years. And we had hired a, a representative from a competitive company to come aboard. She was generating almost $100,000 a month in revenue because of her sales. Mm-hmm. She had signed a contract with us. We had business cards. Like she was coming aboard. She starts going around to all of her customers and said, look, I'm making a switch. I'm going to this new company, you know, excited to be working with them. I just wanted to let you know I'm, I'm, I'm shifting my focus and would love to have, bring, bring your business with me. Every one of those people said, wait a minute. That company is owned by that Slade Smiley guy we see on Real Housewives. That guy's oh, a dude. No. He's oh, a total douchebag. No. And if you go to work for that company, we will not give you our business. Oh, no. That's and she not can- good. No. Then she canceled her contract. Oh. So, I mean, the first three episodes of that freaking show cost me $100,000. Wow. So a, a month, a month in revenue coming in from this, from this particular individual. So those, those are the kinds of effects that people don't think about happen because anyone not coming from entertainment doesn't understand the course of production, how it works, the things you go through. Uh, I had another situation where I was uh, working for and consulting for a, an entity, which I still do, mm-hmm. um, that provides secure communications to the Department of Justice, uh, to the DOD and the DOJ. Um, obviously my role and the things that I provide for that company can't be really discussed openly. Mm-hmm. So, and the show knew that. And I said, look, you can't talk about it. I go, some of my guys have, you know, class one, you know, clearance. They're going into FBI skiffs to talk about projects. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't discuss what I do. They go, that's fine. We're just going to show that you don't work. Oh my God. What do you mean I don't work? I go, you guys, you guys know exactly what I do. You guys have been with me to the, the magazine company that I consult for. You know, I, I, I do these things. Yeah, but you know that we just, we can't show it. So we're, we're just, the, the storyline is going to be that you don't work. You're living off Gretchen. Oh my God. Come on. Swear to God. I swear oh to God. God. So that, that's the reason I why a lot of people, well, that's the reason why a lot of people, I mean, now people understand that reality shows are actually scripted. They're not really reality. A lot of reality shows are actually very scripted and a lot of the drama is scripted as well. It's something that uh, a producer or a director saw and they were like, let's add this into this and make it dramatic and, you know, give it well, more effect. You're, you're, you're right to a certain degree. I will, I will clarify. I get in big trouble every time I talk about this. But <laughs> it, is, it is what we call a soft scripted show. Uh-huh. And, and soft scripting, there isn't an actual hard script where there's specific lines that a character has to meet. They have to say them on cue. Those lines lead up to what happens in the next scene. None of that stuff exists in reality television. What producers have to do in reality is they say, look, you guys aren't actors. I can't, I can't uh, rely upon the fact that you can deliver either emotion or impact or something to me in the moment. So I'm allowed to create an environment where it may cause conflict. I can't have you act out the fact that you are a workaholic or that you're a two-faced liar or that you're a bimbo or that you're, you know, a Bible beater. Mm -hmm. We're going to cast those characters. 
We're going to look for someone that is the Bible beater. We're going to look for someone that's a workaholic. We're going to look for the, the, the two-faced lying bitch who behind the scenes is stirring the pot. We're going to cast those people. That's really who they are. That's how they build their characters because you can't write them. Mm-hmm. So you have to create them. And then what they do, I mean, you have to, you have to cast them. And then what they do is they end up creating situations, whether it be the alcohol, the drinking, and they put these two people together and the explosion just naturally happens naturally. Interesting. That, that's the way that, that original reality television was produced because it was the only way for producers to drive story. Mm-hmm. The problem is now these women are making a lot of money and you get to the point where producers are saying, Hey, if, if you don't bring the drama, if you don't stir shit up, we're not going to get another season. We're not going to bring you back. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're encouraging your talent to go out and either behave in a way they not, they normally wouldn't draw a line in the sand and, and be very boisterous or opinionated regarding a topic they typically don't really care about, but they're going to do it because they know that that's going to cause trouble with the other group and that's how they keep their paycheck. So, so as time has gone on, it's become less and less and less authentic because you've got these people desperate to keep their jobs and they're willing to say and do anything on camera to make that happen. So if you are somebody who was going into this wanting to be an open and authentic person, Good luck. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. And if you don't give production what they want, you're fired. Well, then, well, you're either let go or they manipulate story to the point where the fans hate you so much that they, they have a reason to replace you. I got to say, listening to all this makes me so proud of our society. <laughs> right? It's just, it's yeah. just like, you know, I'm just so proud of the way we are as a people. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. That's just incredible. <laughs> I'm very close with Scott who, uh, who created the series and I will, you know, he, he and I still talk on a regular basis cause he's been involved in some other productions and he's doing some really cool stuff and he'll call me up and he'll say, you know, I just, I can never forget that the first week that we launched the real housewives of orange County, uh, the LA times comes out and says, uh, Scott Dunlap, how do you feel about being responsible for the degradation of American society? <laughs> <laughs> That is your contribution. You've got to love those questions, right? Right. Yeah. His contribution to society was the Real Housewives of Orange County. Yeah. Oh my God. No, and that's a great contribution because you know what? It did garner a lot of attention, and it definitely gave a lot of big ratings. You know, so I mean, you did something right. That's for sure. It's been great for the network. They even they even had they even had the Spanish version of it. Because oh, yeah. I've even actually seen the Spanish version as well. I was like, wait a minute. I, I watched it. I was like, wait a minute. That's the same thing as the one in English. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, here's, here's the brilliance, you know, because Bravo Television is owned by NBC Universal. Mm-hmm. So Bravo is one of the many portfolio companies like USA Networks, Sci-Fi Channel. It's all part of the NBC Universal family. And now they merge with Comcast. And so E! News is part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's interesting about it is that they really figured out a way to not only take what was the Real Housewives as a concept, but they licensed that. So in the United States, what they've done is I remember, I remember the, the president of Bravo Television, it was Lauren Zelaznik at the time, she said, look, we, we really feel like the Real Housewives of Orange County is like McDonald's. We'd love to have a franchise on every street corner. <laughs> and, and, and what they realized is that people would tune into Orange County and it would do really well. Then they thought, oh, how interesting. Let's go east to New York. And we're going to tap into this whole different demographic of people. And so they'd launch New York City. Well, 
people that maybe weren't watching Orange County, but were familiar with the East Coast and they really wanted to see what was happening in New York, they tuned into New York. But when Orange County came back around, our ratings went up by 20 or 30% because now they'd been hooked into the format. And this happened consistently for Bravo every time they opened a new city. And they're super smart. They go, Orange County is Southern California lifestyle. We're going to showcase the girls at the beach, bikinis, blah, blah, blah. Mm. New York is socialites. So we're going to focus on this whole fly on the wall concept of having people see what it would be really like to be a socialite in New York City. Mm-hmm. Then, then we're going to open up Beverly Hills. That's Hollywood. So like, once again, we have access to these women who are, who are networking with stars and they're going to lunch and doing all these things. And then they want to do family, so they do Jersey. Yeah. Then, then they want to do urban, so they do Atlanta. Yep. <laughs> oh, where, where's the Latino community? Let's do Miami. Miami, yep. <laughs> oh, and hey, what are we missing? Up oh, the political. Let's do DC. Oh my God. So, so they're very, very well thought out. And then on, on top of those shows and touching upon every one of those, those demographics or genres, they license the format. So now you have the real housewives of Abu Dhabi. Oh my God. You, you have the real housewives of Sweden. So you have it in, not, not only was our show, Orange County was the, one of the only shows originally that was licensed. So it was dubbed in foreign languages and it was, it was in 140 plus countries. So we had like 500 million people around the world that are watching Real Housewives of Orange County. Mm-hmm. We had our producers come back from Japan and they go, did you know Gretchen's on the cover of a, a fashion magazine in Japan? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, no, we did not know that. Um, but they would license the format. So our show would be airing. And we've done press for Israel. I mean, it's literally all over the world. Well, then they would do in country. Mm-hmm. So they would literally have their own version of a Real Housewife show in country, which is what you saw, which was probably one that was being done in Spanish for Telemundo or one of the other uh, Latin mm-hmm. American stations, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's actually that's actually correct. That's actually the one that I was watching. And let me tell you, it's it's just it's just so fascinating because you know, as as a viewer, you you just have to like continuously ask yourself is this even real do these people really act like this and going back to what you were saying how they had you be a certain way it's just so like it's so frustrating because you can't even sue for libel or defamation because you're already contracted to be that person so you can't really it's kind of well i mean it's well (laughs) you 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 can you can if you wanted to uh because no one can force you to sign away your rights to a illegal tort. So, so, so if, if it is an illegal act, right? A tort, Uh Mm -hmm. defamation, slander, assault, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Well, you can put in a contract, Hey, if, uh, if I assault you, then you can't sue. Well, Mm -hmm. sorry. assault and battery is an illegal act. And regardless of whether you have signed a contract or not, you do have the ability to sue. So those, those contracts are basically just a, uh, to hinder you from doing anything. But on the legal level, they're not really valid. They wouldn't stand up in, in court. Interesting. So it's, it's, it's really just a hindrance to say, hey, you know, we don't want you suing production. Don't see your cast members. You kind of know what you're signing up for. You know, so it, it is, it's, it's a, it's a very gray It's almost like area. a guilt. It's almost like a guilt trip that they're trying to put on you. It's like, come on, well, you're friends with them. You know, you don't really people, want to do People this. believe that, well, it's a, it's a, it's a means of shedding liability. People believe that they can't actually file a lawsuit because they believe they've signed a contract that forbids them from doing it, but they don't realize that their contract is probably illegal. 
and and it is a it is a death wish if you are going to file you know litigation against your production company or file litigation against a network you're blackballed you're done there's there's yeah. no one no one in hollywood's going to want to hire you or, or participate with you on anything oh wow so 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 I, I got so let me ask you so i mean it was costing you money being this character you know yes, I it, mean, was. it was costing you a lot of money i mean were you ever yeah tempted in in you know going forth with some sort of like you know like some sort of uh i don't know uh an addendum to your contract saying hey i want to change this character because it's costing me money right now uh you know in the real world here so i mean is there any way we could kind of switch this up a bit or anything like that yeah unfortunately they were uh unwilling to really work with anyone in those regards um they did sign people to multi-term contracts as well so what would happen is, you know, uh, Gretchen was on like a five or six years at a time. You get signed a contract. The option is always to the, at them to bring you back. Mm -hmm. uh, so they can option your contract. But the reason they did that too is they wanted to lock you into a certain fee. So if I'm paying you 10 grand for season one, if you make it to season two, we'll pay you 30 grand. If you make it to season three, we might pay you 60 grand. And they do that so that not a particular character can say, well, you know, I'm a major part of your story. I'm not going to do this unless you give me a million dollars. And they're like, well, that's not how your contract works. The way the contract works is if we choose to bring you back, your pay gets raised by this percentage and that's it. It's called a favorite nations contract because there's so many different housewife shows and there's so many different people involved. This basically pays you based upon tenure and your season, not necessarily based upon you trying to hold the network hostage because you think you're the most popular character. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. There's just so much that goes into this. I had no idea. There's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Wow. So how were you able to finally, uh, you know, finally change pe the people's perspective about you? I mean, it must have taken a while or do people still think of you as, this, as, as that character that you portrayed on the show? Yes. <laughs> no I, I think i think again it, i think that people still perceive me to be that person um you know the women have put things out on the internet or made those accusations uh and and th that lives lives forever um time has changed people's perception i think uh because of this social media world that we live in Mm -hmm. You know, people would accuse uh, Gretchen and I of being in a fake relationship. He just did it for television. You know, what they don't understand is I'm the one that put her on the show. Mm. I was I was on the show for the first two seasons with my then fiance. We ended our relationship, uh, and Bravo spun us off into our own show. And once we'd spun off into our own show, uh, Scott Dunlap came back to me and said, "Look, I really have to replace you and your character." You know, do you know anyone? I said, oh my God, yes, my friend Gretchen, she's awesome. So, so anyway, they, they, ended up casting, um, they ended up casting her and her fiance on the show. Mm -hmm. um, and sadly, through the course of that show, you know, he ended up passing uh, from leukemia. Oh, wow. So it was really, really sad. Um, my middle son is a brain cancer patient. Mm -hmm. And so I've been dealing with his brain cancer since he was five. So for 15 years, we've been advocates with regard to you know cancer awareness and brain cancer and all these things and so Gretchen and I were really talking a lot after his diagnosis we've always been very very close um, and then it was about nine months after he passed that she called me and said hey look I really need your help 
you know, I'm going to launch a business. Would you come down and consult with me? I'm, I'm taking a meeting, but you know, I don't have anyone to go with me. Would you, would you be willing to do that? I said, absolutely. You know, cause I, I've been friends with Gretchen for almost 10 years at that point. Um, before we ever dated, we had a 10 year friendship cause we worked within the same, uh, you know, uh, same space. She was a, she was a top selling real estate agent and my mm -hmm. company was providing services to her company. And uh, one thing led to another, and about a year and a half, two years later, we, we went on our first date. It was really weird, because I was now out on a, an actual date with my friend. Um, but the reason I tell you that story is that is it happened very organically. It happened between seasons. It did not happen on The Real Housewives. I was going to ask that, actually. Yeah. Thank you for telling no. me that, because I was going to ask that. Yeah. No, it happened between seasons. Mm -hmm. And when the show was bringing her back for season for her next season, uh, they're like, well, are you in a relationship? Are you dating? And they go, yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm dating Slade. And they're like, oh, he has to do the show. And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've spent, I've spent, you know, two and two and a half years on that show and part of that production. And I'd moved on to some other things. I was back acting again. Um, I've been booked for a miniseries with History Channel. I mean, I was just kind of doing my 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 acting gig again, and I wasn't interested in coming back. And they're like, well. Gretchen, if you don't come back and if you don't have Slate on the show, we, we, we can't have you. you. You can't come back. Huh. So, so it was a, it was a big conflict, um, whether to come back and actually do the show. And I, you know, ultimately gave in. Um, and if Gretchen were here, she'd tell you the same story that no, he did not want to do it. Uh, cause we got attacked. We got attacked that, Oh, he just dates housewives or he's, you know, yeah, he's trying, she's trying to get his it's, 15 minutes of fame. And it's like, you guys are fucking idiots. I've been, I've been acting since I was 18 years old. It's so it's sad. Like, it's so sad. The perception of a lot of people, like they don't understand that, you know, actors or whoever, they're all people too, you know, and they have their own personal lives. It's not like it's all out there. And it's actually, um, man, it's such a coincidence because I, Gretchen's the second uh, housewife a uh, uh, person that I know that lost uh, 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 a husband or uh, a partner to cancer, actually, uh, Kim Richards. Uh, yeah. She lost uh, uh, her ex-husband, Monty Brinson. I actually knew Monty. Yep. I actually mm. uh, was friends with Monty. We used to, we actually partied together a couple of times, uh, um, yeah. you know, I, and uh, I just, I actually found out about maybe, like, I talked to Monty, actually. I spoke to Monty probably a few months before he passed. He was already yeah. in his condition and everything. Uh, he was in the hospital. And he was still in, in – um, he was still actually in, in very high spirits. And uh, it was very sad to, to see him go. Uh, and it's, it's crazy because a few months after he passed, or almost a year – actually, almost a year to the day after he passed, my mom passed. Oh, and I'm so sorry. Thank you. And it was just so such a weird time for, for everybody during that time. And, uh, but yeah, when you said that, it, I immediately thought of Kim Richards as well. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, it's just so crazy how, you know, how life takes you, you know, life has just got such, so many crazy twists and turns for everybody. But it's, it's also amazing that, you know, through the loss, Gretchen was able to find a friend in you. And was able to, you know, find something, uh, you know, some somebody to to be there with her. We 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 talk about that because I don't think that I could have. We probably wouldn't have worked as a couple ten years prior because we were just different people. You know, what was important to us was very different. Um, we were so sad that when her fiance Jeff passed, because he was a really really nice guy. Um, we are still very very close with his kids. Mm -hmm. um, 
And now through just all the heartache and the accusations and all the BS that lives out there, you know, your, your relationship's fake, it's made up. We just celebrated 11 years uh, you know, together as a couple, 21 years. Wow. We've known each other. And our little Congratulations. Baby girl, thank you. And our baby girl turns one in another week. I, I saw her. So, she's adorable. She's so adorable. She, she is. Thank <laughs> you. She's, she is the light of our life, I will tell you that. Uh, but, you know... To, to answer your question in a long roundabout way, you know, I think people's perception still exists because when they watch the show, they believe what they see. Um, but through the course of time and, you know, over the last decade, they've seen that Gretchen and I are actually an authentic couple and we now have a baby and they follow us through our IVF journey and all the stuff we've done. I think they've come to realize that what was being said about us was not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still really hard. I mean, we have these experiences where uh, we're getting on an airplane and 300 people standing in line and the girl in front sees Gretchen and I, she freaks out. Oh my God, my husband and I are the biggest housewife fans. I can't believe you guys are here. You know, can we take a picture? We're like, yes, happy to. That's, that's, that's very kind of you. Thank you so much. She dials up the husband and puts him on speakerphone. Oh, you won't believe it. Gretchen and Slater standing right behind me. This is, this is what Xander, this is what the guy says. Does that douchebag have a job yet? Oh my God. <laughs> so now I'm getting on an airplane with 300 oh. people who, who, all, who all turn to look and go, well, who's the jobless douchebag that's getting on our plane? Who, who is that guy? It's got to make you laugh, though, when you hear stuff like this. I mean, well, it, it, I mean, it, it does at this point, but I mean, you know, in the yeah. moment, it's like super embarrassing. Yeah. And it, like, it really, like, really, it really infuriates you. Of course. You know, where, with what they're allowed to do, you know, we've, we've had this ongoing battle with someone who I will not name her name because she's not worth the breath uh, that was part of Orange County Housewives. And she would constantly go out and make accusations or say stuff about us and made some horrific accusations about me. And the producers never aired my response. Of course they didn't. And I'm like, (laughs) what's wrong with you? You know what she's saying is a lie. You know, Uh there's, there's, there's documentation, there's receipts to prove she's lying and you know it you're, you're holding them. And they're like, yeah, but you know, we're making a reality show. This is not a news organization. Yeah. They're trying, they're trying to go ahead and keep it juicy and all this other stuff. So here's what they call it, Xander. Uh It's called water cooler conversation. So what happens is Housewives is an ensemble cast. So you have five, six, seven characters every season. Usually the women get an average of eight minutes a week. Mm -hmm. So what you come to know about them is some of the crappiest eight minutes the network can find. (laughs) The worst ones, yeah. The worst ones. When there's conflict, that conflict, they never air the resolve because if they air the resolve, the conversation ends. So what happens is when you and I get into a fight or in a debate about something, they're, they're never going to air the results of that debate. They're going to kind of leave it hanging. Well, are you on Xander's side or Slade's side? And what they want is they want people to go to the office and talk about their show. And were you, was it Xander that you were behind? Did he make, was he right in what he was saying or was, was Slade correct? They don't care who's correct. They just care that you're talking about the Real Housewives of Orange County, which elevates their brand. And if you end up looking like a douche because you made some comment and it could have been taken completely out of context, they don't care. 
Wow. I mean, I mean, I remember so, so many examples I can give you of other house husbands who's having, you know, this kind of fun back and forth with his wife where he's, he's play fighting with her and they're kind of having their thing. And she says something and he's like, oh, please. And he rolls his head, look to the left. Well, the next cut is a close up of some girl's boobs. Uh-huh. And, it, and it looks like he left the conversation to go stare at this girl's chest. Yeah, they know how to go ahead and edit it to be very, uh, to be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very suggestive. Well, it's, 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 it's suggestive and it's salacious. Or they come to Gretchen and they say, hey, how do you feel when older women try to re- wear really, really short, short skirts? And Gretchen will say, I, I think that women should, you know, dress their age. I mean, obviously, if you feel positive about your body, you should own it and good for you. And everyone has their own taste. But I mean, I think it's more respectful to try and dress your age. Well, they show her make that comment. And then they flash to the brand new housewife that season wearing a short, short skirt. And immediately that girl hates her. Like they're, they're fighting the whole season. Gretchen's like, what did I do to you? You made a comment about my outfit. She was like, what are we talking about you? They asked me a random question about what, what I feel about the way people dress. I, had nothing, I didn't even know you. We hadn't even met. When you're, when you're telling me these things, what I what I picture are the writers and the producers with strings saying, dance, puppet, dance. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. I did one of those. And, yeah. you, you know, it's just like handling it like that. It's insane. So I got to ask you, whenever, I mean, has there ever been a point where you're just like, screw it. I'm, if you guys think I'm a douchebag, I'm just going to act like that whenever, you know, if somebody, if the next person comes up to me and says something like that, I'm just going to go ahead and do it because why not? You already think I'm that way anyway. <laughs> have you ever no. had one of those moments? No, no. I, I, ha- I haven't for a lot of reasons. One, you know, uh, it would affect family, my uh, kids, you know, uh, my work, the things that I really do outside of television. It's like I, I love TV and the whole re- and, 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 and acting and the whole reason that I even got into this business is because I was so excited about having an opportunity to become something that I might never become in my real life. So whether that is a cowboy or a policeman or whatever that experience is going to be, it, to me, it's fascinating to be able to become something other than yourself for a minute. Mm-hmm. And, and the research that goes into doing that is, 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 you know, what really excites me actually. Um, so I would never want to jeopardize any of those things just because I was frustrated that producers made us look a certain way or someone chose to air something, you know, as a Franken bite where they just took a piece. And, you know, I think over the course of time, people will start to really understand who you are as a person. You know, they always say the camera doesn't lie. Uh, and over the course of time, it doesn't as much as they want to make you look bad. Um, the truth always, always comes out. We had these experiences where Gretchen and I did stand up comedy for a minute and we were doing some stuff with the improvs uh-huh. and we, it, it was such a great show. It was a sold out show. Um, we were, the improv was traveling us to other locations, but I would go to deliver a joke as part of my setup and they'd cut the audio oh my God. and they just showed the camera panning around to like these faces, not reacting. Like your joke wasn't funny, right? Oh my and God. so so they make it look like you're completely bombing on stage. Oh, that would and, frustrate and, and, the and, hell and out so, of me. <laughs> and so what happens is then all the press and media, oh, Slade and Gretchen, their comedy show is so bad, like no one's laughing, the jokes oh are terrible, God. blah, 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 right? Yet we're selling out across the country. Like we're 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 hosting at Gotham in New York and we're playing Brea, we're playing Irvine, we're playing all these other shows that are completely sold out, like on a Tuesday, Wednesday night, which is even an off night for the improv, and we're selling out. But they're not talking about that. They're talking about that little clip 
that Bravo decided to make. And then what happened was, is uh, Bravo kind of stepped on their own dick, as I like to say, where they, <laughs> they, 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 they bring up a, they try to bring this up at a reunion. You know, Andy's job is to, to bring up all these things and, you know, ask the women, you know, Gretchen and Slade tried to do comedy and they were really bad at it. You know, we saw some of the results of that. You know, here's the footage. Let's watch. And they they do the same thing. They play me delivering the joke. They The, the audience is just kind of sitting there dead faced. And then all of a sudden the audio clips back in and everyone stands up and they're clapping like nice. it's overwhelming applause nice. and, and the guy cutting the the, the audio forgot and, oh my god that's it, awesome it, right he missed it he missed the cut and uh -huh. so it airs it airs and then gretchen's like see you assholes it was really <laughs> happening every single night it wasn't the fact that no one was buying into our jokes we wouldn't be selling out the clubs we wouldn't be traveling if, yeah. if that was the case but 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 see by by offering up that perspective of it all the other cast members buy and go oh yeah they suck you see their stuff's not even funny we saw the audio and it gets them talking and causing conflict and obviously we get defensive about it because we're like you guys are idiots you don't even know what was there you guys weren't even at the show why are you passing an opinion you should know better so xander the drama of housewives could go on forever but i know no no <laughs> doubt so, i mean my question my question here after hearing all this the, the question, and I'm sure people must be like, after hearing all this stuff that happens, the question is, why did you keep doing it? <laughs> you know, I mean, well, what was the reason for you to continue on? You know, I mean, even though they were portraying you in such a dark light. Because you're under contract. That sucks. <laughs> you, you can't. Yeah, you have you have a contract with them. You have a multi-year contract with them. Oh man! Uh, you know, to play a particular character. I mean, you think about it. Here's here's a story arc through this season, yeah. and this couple is part of that storyline. And also, the show comes back next year, and they're not there. Wow! Everyone's like, what the what the hell happened? And while you're while you're really pissed off, you know that it's happening to you, and the press is you know taking the opportunity to drive all kinds of viewership and clicks to their websites, right? Because they don't care. You know, they, they don't care to tell the truth either. They're really concerned just about driving traffic. So it's always a salacious headline. But then if you actually read the story, the truth actually comes out in the story. But, you know, they put a salacious headline up there just to get, just to drive traffic. I mean, this is just what you deal with in this space. But over the course of time, um, I think that people do realize that we're, it, it's for entertainment purposes. Because here's the thing. The viewers are not stupid. So you can be entertained by it. You can go, ah, oh, shock and awe. Is this real? Would they really say those things? And I think in the back of your head, even, even if you know it's scripted or even if you believe it's scripted, it doesn't matter. You still watch. True. So, so all the rumors True. started coming out. Oh, reality scripted. It's not real. It's actually scripted. It's scripted. Well, guess what they figured out? Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, they still kept on going with it anyway. They, they don't care. As it's long true. as you're being entertained in the moment and you're watching this play out, and again, whether – whether it's scripted or not scripted and you have a person behaving badly on television and I always used to say that Bravo rewards bad behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're going to throw a drink in someone's face or pull a wig, they're going to air it and their cast members know that they're not stupid. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the fans know that some of these shenanigans happen because these women want to keep their jobs. Uh, but it doesn't matter because it's still, you know, destination TV. It's still going to take you away from whatever crap you're going with through what, in your life. Whatever reality you're going you, through. <laughs> you get to escape for an hour and watch these crazy housewives, you know, 
throw champagne and pull wigs and like flip tables. Nice. Nice. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, aside from that, I mean, you know, obviously you still were uh, garnered a lot of success, a lot of fame from it. Maybe granted, maybe not the fame that, you know, infamy. I have infamy. Zander. Infamy. I have no fame. Yeah, there it is. But you were, but you were able to create a not too taboo podcast. I mean, where? I mean, did you create that during? Was it an idea you had before? I mean, how did that all come about? So, so that is a result of um, many years of of our relationship with Stage Twenty Nine Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the group that uh, is co owned by Dr. Phil and Jay McGraw. Uh, they're a CBS entity, so they're right there on uh, Paramount Studios' lot. We, we've been working with the doctors um, and that group for almost 10 years. Uh, Gretchen has been a host for the doctors as a remote correspondent. They followed our IVF story for almost five years. Um, we've done other productions with them. Their Face the Truth show that they've got, uh, we were part of that um, initially when that launched. And they're such a fun group of people to work with because they own their own publishing company. They produce scripted television. They produce, you know, kind of almost daytime talk, if you will, because of Dr. Phil and the doctors. And uh, we've been communicating with them for a long time about wanting to have a show where we could talk about the topics people are afraid to talk about. That was the whole point is, is the not too taboo concept revolves around the fact that we want to have in depth, hard conversations that are beneficial and helpful to people uh, where most of the time they're afraid to discuss them. That's what that platform is about. And so, and so they embraced that, that concept and got really excited about launching stage 29 podcast productions. So it is a subsidiary of stage 29 and the Dr. Phil show and the doctors and all those things. So, you know, Travis Stork, who's the host of the doctors, he has a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, some of the key players that are part of the doctors, the wow. Dr. Phil show all have all shows on that platform. And it's been a, it's been an incredible uh, uh, experience and being able to work with them on that level. Cause they're just, they're awesome. They produce our podcast. Like it's a TV show. No, that's really cool. So, yeah. It's really cool. So they, they will f- help with, booking guests they do pre-interviews they set up run of show you know i mean it's, it's literally as if they were producing an episode for television um and it's been an absolute pleasure having a chance to work with them and and i think that we've gotten to, to do some pretty incredible um shows with some really really intelligent people far far more intelligent than us that's you know we tell everybody that this show is not about us mm-hmm. it is about our listener it is about our wickedly intelligent guests and what they bring to the table is an opportunity for the people that tune in to grow and to learn and to, to benefit themselves in some way. So we, we are simply the humble hosts bringing you some, some really, really talented folks who are willing to spend an hour with you and, and help enlighten your life in some way. That's really cool though. That's really cool. Cause I mean, I mean, you know, especially, uh, you know, going through the stuff that you went through, this is definitely a ginormous change of pace for you uh, as far as the podcast is concerned. And right now, no. I mean, podcasts are, are the thing that's in right now, especially right now with the coronavirus, you know, people staying in home, like, well, they were, now things are starting to reopen, but, yep. you know, with people staying in, indoors, you know, they wanted something to listen to, so they definitely cut, you know, what they what they asked for in podcasts galore, because suddenly, you know, and it's funny, because I've been doing podcasting since 2011, since mm-hmm. it basically started, you yep. know, and, uh, like, it wasn't that popular then, I mean, many people didn't even know if it was going to actually happen, 
And then suddenly, you know, this particular year, not even last year, it didn't even start popping off last year. Yeah, it was this year, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely this year. A lot of podcasts just started, like, coming out of the woodwork just everywhere. You know, there's a podcast yeah. here. Podcast here is like, really? Now you all want a podcast? Like, you know? Yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Well, and for me, I, I, I missed this platform. So in, in 2012, um, I had my own radio show, it was, which was called Radio Slate. I was midday drive for Playlist 92.7. So, thanks for tuning in. It's Radio Slate on Playlist 92.7. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so I was midday talk for two and a half years on that radio station. Um, and that happened during the Tongue of Housewives. So they, they filmed a bunch of that. They couldn't say I didn't have a job then. Because <laughs> uh, I had a freaking billboard. So I go like, kiss my ass, you guys. Um, You're not bitter. So, yeah, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter in any way. Uh, so, so I really, I really loved, I really loved radio. I loved it when we had opportunities to do our, our press junkets and go around and do press for the show because we got to do all these radio stations. We travel across the country to do radio, um, and it was really one of the the, the more uh, entertaining and I think fulfilling things that I got to do. Um, and then two and a half years into that, um, a Christian radio network bought our station. Mm. apparently i am not right i am not right for christian radio apparently uh, apparently uh, yeah yeah you know, i mean so, I, I, gee i wonder why i wonder why <laughs> yeah so then you know then we ended up taking taking the radio show and um uh we signed a contract uh with radio 365 mm -hmm. and so I, I went digital and took the show on air doing that and and so all of this stuff with regard to the podcasting and recording, it's something that I did for a very, very long time that I, I enjoyed so much. And we got blessed because we, you know, we were going into Paramount Studios to record the show for the first, I don't know, several months prior to COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And we had literally just bought all of our equipment to set up at the house. So nice. on those on those weeks where we don't have a guest in studio, where we it's just Gretchen and I talking about a particular topic, you know, we wanted to be set up at the house, and so we had literally set up all of our podcasting equipment a week before the stay-at-home orders came. Oh wow! So, perfect timing. So perfect timing. We never we never ever slowed down. I mean, so as shows started to you know either go into hiatus, the doctors you know stopped production dr phil stopped production all of those producers jumped in and started producing our podcast oh, that's so awesome. yeah it's been really really cool so yeah we we haven't we haven't and you've been doing it from home we've been doing it from home that's awesome. you know and that 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 uh that board that i told you about mm -hmm. it's fantastic because it, it it by bluetooth both the cell phone and the laptop connect to that device so if you want to take inbound, outbound calls, they're all recorded and it's all in separate strings. So you can edit them in Adobe or Audacity after the fact. You can take calls. You can do everything you'd ever want to do. Full-blown full, full blown recording board uh, you could do remotely. So. Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to like invest in that one. Because the thing is, the, the one thing I've been wanting to do uh, on my podcast is actually take calls you know, yeah. from people and just be like, Hey, call in, you know, like, you know, chat with somebody, you know, I mean, but and I, I haven't been able to go, uh, I haven't been able to do that, but you know, I'm definitely going to take a look at that aspect of it. So thanks. this is how you could do it. This is oh, how yeah. you could do it. You're, literally your cell phone would connect to it or even get it. What I would do is I get a separate cell phone with a separate phone number and have that just be your call in number. Mm -hmm. And the board will connect either by cord or Bluetooth to your cell phone. And you have to, once it's connected to the board, you actually speak to the person on the phone through the microphone with your cans on. 
That's dope. So, and, and you and right there, you just hit the record button, and you have a full full interview or conversation, and you record the whole thing. It's pretty. That cool. is really cool. Yeah, I like that. And it's funny. Well, I mean, it, it, you can't. I mean, in this particular case, I I don't even think you need a different cell phone because uh, you could use Google Voice and yeah. add a extra phone number to Google yeah. Voice, and you can use Google Voice. It's really cool. No, but that's really awesome that you guys are having such success with uh, Not Too Taboo podcast. And I mean, you know, but besides that, you also have uh, a company, uh, BioRanks, which I'm, you know, yes. a lot of people can't really like see the hat that he's wearing. He's wearing a oh. really awesome hat, you know, black hat, you know, with yellow and white writings on it, it says BioRanks on it. Talk to me a little bit about BioRanks. What's that about? We partnered with a uh, research and development laboratory mm -hmm. who has produced the only 100% water dissolvable CBD. Ooh, and nice. and the CBD thing is something that we got we got very interested in. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, my son is a brain cancer patient, mm -hmm. and he has a lot of ongoing battles with inflammation and all these things, pain. And so we started looking at CBD. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's in that business. Mm -hmm. But what people don't realize is that uh, you're familiar with CBD oil, correct? Correct. Very much so. So, so everyone has CBD oil mm -hmm. and CBD is a plant and it's like any other, you know, supplement. When you extract the CBD, when you pick the plant out of the ground, what happens to the plant? Starts, it starts to decay, right? Mm -hmm. It starts to it's die like, out. It starts to die out. It's like a tomato on your countertop. Mm -hmm. so, so everybody goes, oh, I know. We'll pack it in oil. That's the preservative. Ooh, so that's how they keep the CBD from, from degradation as it's packed in oil. Here's the problem, Xander. You are 65% water and your heart and lungs are 75 to 80% water. Huh. Oil and water don't mix. Mm -hmm, of course. So if, if you were to take CBD oil and squirt a tincture into a cup of water, it floats. You know it floats. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That happens in your body. Mm -hmm. So you cannot absorb, and this is clinical data. This is not me making something up. You can go out and research this. So medical professionals are telling you that you cannot absorb more than 6 or 8% of a dose of CBD oil because your body flushes it through the liver. They call it first pass. Your body can't break down the oil. It has to create enzymes to try to process it. It goes to your liver, and it gets eliminated. So if you're spending... $70 in a bottle of CBD oil, some of them are more, some are a hundred bucks, mm -hmm. knowing you can only absorb six to 8% of that, you're flushing $90 down the drain. Oh my God. It's, it's never getting into your system. So when we witness this technology from this research and development laboratory, they have literally figured out how to take the CBD and pack it between two water molecules. And by doing so, it makes the CBD completely airtight. That protects it from degradation. So that becomes the preservative because it's packed in these two water droplets of water. It's like if you think about it, when two drops of water touch, what happens? They become a bigger drop of water, right? Because mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a positive and negative charge to water. Mm -hmm. um, the CBD being in this environment allows it to be what we call 100% bioavailable, which means 100% of the dose is absorbed into the human body. And, and what, people, what people also don't realize about plants, which, which the hemp plant, which is where CBD comes from, they are what's called hydrophobic, meaning they, sh they push water away. Mm -hmm. So if you think about when it rains, what happens when water hits a leaf? It, it, be it, it, it beats down. Yeah, the beads of water beat down. 
it beads up and rolls off. Mm-hmm. So, so supplements like CBD, curcumin, these are all what they call hydrophobic. They push water away and they're very difficult to get into the human body. When something can be absorbed in, it's called hydrophilic. And so by breaking these supplements down at a, at a molecular level and actually packing them in water, we're able to get 100% of that into the human body. So we've been going through clinical trials. We've got doctors in Northern California who've been issuing our product to their patients, trying to get them off their pharmaceuticals to fantastic results. So we are the only oil-free CBD brand that's on the market today. Wow. Everyone out there says, oh, we have nanotechnology. We're water dissolvable. Well, all nanotech is is they've just ground the oil particle down to a smaller size. But if you let that sit for any length of time, it just coagulates and floats back up to the top. It's still oil. It's, it's, your absorption rate is increased by a small percentage, but it's still oil. Mm-hmm. 80, 85% of that you still can't really absorb. So we were super excited because we know how effective CBD can be on the human body if you can get it in the human body. So we're super excited about the work that BioRains is doing. Um, and to get these doctors off, helping their patients get off of pharmaceutical medications, you know, I mean, I don't know how much you know about CBD. I mean, um, I know as much as the next guy, so, <laughs> you know, which, well, is, which doesn't say much. <laughs> here, here, here is all you need to know. What you need to know is, is that you have CBD in your body. Mm-hmm. So, so there's CBD in breast milk. Your body manufactures CBD. CBD controls this thing they discovered called the endocannabinoid system. And it's the regulatory system in your body. Anytime your body is out of whack, uh, you've got pain. Let's say you have arthritis, you have diabetes. Uh, the reason you have arthritis is because your body is not gener- generating enough lubricant for the joint. Simple enough. When our body is in balance, it heals itself. If you break your arm, does a doctor fix your arm? No. Oh, they, ca- no. they put you in a cast, yeah, but what exactly. are they doing? They're waiting for your body to heal. Mm-hmm. If you cut yourself we're waiting for your body to heal. The tissue heals it. it your body, generates. Right. Your body almost always heals itself. Mm-hmm. So what this endocannabinoid system does is it senses deficiencies in the body, whether it's a chemical deficiency, whether it's a lubricant for a joint, it senses whether or not your body has excess sugar and creates insulin. And the insulin is what breaks down the sugar. When someone has diabetes, their body doesn't recognize the excess sugar. So therefore it's not producing insulin. So what do they have to do? They have to take injections to bring insulin from the outside in because their body's not making it normally. Mm-hmm. So this endocannabinoid system starts to degrade as we get older. It just doesn't work the way that it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, all the CBD does, CBD doesn't fix anything. It doesn't heal anything. What CBD does is it turns on the endocannabinoid system. It makes these sensors come back to life. It makes them recognize imbalances in your body. Your elbow could hurt, you know? Well, that inflammation or that chronic soreness is only there because of inflammation. Normally what happens is when your endocannabinoid system's working, it says, oh, Xander hurt his arm. So what we're going to do is we're now going to, the pain makes a chemical request of your brain. Your brain produces the chemical, delivers it to that location, and it eliminates the swelling. But when the, when the sensory system can't sense that you've hurt your arm, well, then you just go on for days and days and days with a sore elbow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all CBD does. CBD just turns on this system and allows your body to recognize places that it may be deficient 
and it allows your body to start the healing process. So that's why you hear people going, oh, the CBD helps my seizures. CBD helps my pain. Oh, my anxiety. Well, what is anxiety or what is stress? It's chemical. Mm -hmm. Well, there's an imbalance. So what happens is all the CBD does is it helps the body recognize that there's an imbalance. It produces the counter to whatever caused you to be stressed out and your body comes back and you calm down. That's what CBD, that's what CBD does. The secret is getting the CBD in your body. Yeah. And leave and keeping it there and keeping it there. So look, CBD oil for a lot of people, it works. You know, even, even that 8% dose works. We're just saying, imagine being able to get 100% in your body and the effect that it will have. And this is what's happening is we're having incredible results because we're getting so much of the CBD in the body. And the other thing that people forget is that if you are a person who has a heart health issue, you're a person that has an allergy to, to oil, or you know, if, you're, if you're allergic, that you have a gut issue, well, by ingesting the oil, the CBD oil, on a regular basis, it's not good for your heart. It's not good for your liver. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's a lot of people who can't take CBD because the only option for them ever on the market was CBD oil. Mm-hmm. Now there's an option. Now there's water. <laughs> wow, and and, so, and 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 here's the other the other thing I'm wondering is, not only does it does it wake up you know the 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 chemicals in your body and everything, but does yeah. it does it enhance it as well, or does it just wake it up? No, it really just wakes it up. Okay. I mean, the truth is, you know, here's the way I like people to think about this. Uh, you know, your brain is a pharmacy, and think about. The, the chemicals your brain is able to produce. Your brain produces every single chemical compound the human body needs to function. It comes from the brain. It comes from the, the brain and your lymph nodes and all these things. If you have eaten correctly, had a healthy diet, what does your body do? Your body breaks down all those micronutrients, the vitamin A, C, B, D. It, it stores everything. When there's a deficiency in the body and the body makes a chemical request, it's like pulling ingredients out of your cabinet, you're gonna bake a cake. I'm gonna put all the ingredients in, I'm gonna put the cake mix, the the powder, the egg, I'm gonna put whatever it needs to bake this cake. But what happens if I don't have any eggs? My cake's not gonna rise. It's not gonna bake the way that it's supposed to bake. So when you are deficient in the nutrients in your body because you're eating Doritos or you're eating Twinkies and all this other shit, your body is deficient in the nutrients it needs. Those nutrients are ingredients. Those are ingredients that it needs to create specific chemicals in order to help your body stay in balance. So your diet is directly reflecting the type of ingredients you have in your, in your cabinet. <laughs> wow. So, so if the body is asking to make something so that it can bring you back into balance and it could be to solve an arthritis issue, solve a pain issue, inflammation, anxiety, doesn't matter. If you don't have the, the proper ingredients, the body goes and tries to make some chemical compound, but it can't really make it the way that it's supposed to because everything's missing. And this is why a balanced diet is so important to what they call homeostasis, keeping your body in balance. Oh. So I have to have the proper nutrients to bake the cake, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I have to turn on my endocannabinoid system, which is my sensory system, to recognize that there's something wrong in my body. 
Wow. It's just, oh, wow. This is very interesting stuff. And Sorry. It's probably a lot. You got me started talking on TV. <laughs> so it's my fault? It's you're, blaming, fault. you're blaming me on this? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, all your fault. I'm going to make you feel better, but it's wouldn't, all your fault. Wouldn't, wouldn't be the first time people blame me for stuff. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, that's really cool, though, that uh, you got involved with such a, such a, such a really awesome uh, product. You know, well, I mean, it was just, it was, it was lucky. It was lucky on our part. We were, we were literally looking for, I was looking for things to help my son with stress and with sleep. Um, and I, and we came upon this company, you know, when you can't sleep, it's because your body isn't producing melatonin. Mm. You can't, you can't shut down. So, you know, we have a melatonin CBD product. So what happens is again, it's water-based. You stick it in a cup of water, you ingest the CBD it recognizes that it's time to go to sleep because when the light drops, that's when your body is supposed to trigger the production of melatonin, which is supposed to help you fall asleep. So the CBD recognizes that it, we have melatonin in there and all it does is just help you fall asleep. There's no fog. You don't get to the point where you wake up and have to shake it off. You just sleep really well. You wake up, you're rested and you're ready to go. So, so virtually, <laughs> so virtually it's like, uh, the oil is the is the sheet that you put over the cage of the bird, so that way it can make it go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, es in essence. In essence. In essence. Yeah. That's really cool, yeah. though. That's actually I, I might have so, to take take that because I mean I, I have issues sleeping myself because of my past. How because I used to like you know like I told you before we started talking, I used to be a club promoter. So that that sleep, my sleep has been out of whack since then. You know, because, I mean, you go in at like, you know, 10 at night. You don't come back until 6 or 7 in the morning. So, and try doing that for 10 years, it's going to no, stick man. with you. It, I'm your, screwed. Your circadian rhythm is all messed up. Oh, yeah. Complete, completely. So, and, you, you, you be sure that I have your mailing information. I'll just, I'll send you some stuff. Oh, that'd be great. And, and you just... You just report back to me. You tell me how it works. This is what we tell everybody. It's like, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. Just try it. You try it and you let me know what you think. And people are going to go, holy crap. I can't believe I fell asleep. I slept really well. I woke up. You know, sometimes people take a sleeping pill and they, they wake up in that fog and they can't shake it off. And it's, it's, just, it's, it's kind of awful. So they refuse to take the sleeping pill. This is all natural. It's a supplement. I like that. It's water. You, you just try it and then you call me back and tell me what happens. You know what? I will definitely take you up on that. And, yeah. you know, in, in, in talking about that, one last thing, because I know you got a lot of stuff going on. And so I want to go ahead and make sure that you get to the stuff that you got going on. You got a busy schedule. I've been keeping you because, dude, it, you have a lot of interesting things to talk about. It's like, you know, um, but uh, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, Grayson Entertainment Productions. You're also involved in a production company. Uh, did you also start this company while you were filming or did this also organically just generate all on its own? Uh, I've actually had Grace Entertainment for probably 20 years. Uh, it was originally created as that entity where when I was being hired as an actor, they would contract through my LLC or my company. Mm -hmm. uh, because of our, you know, experience within production and the number of shows that we've been attached to, um, we've evolved into a content creator. So we're creating scripted series, we're creating docu series, reality, um, and then partnering with much larger production companies to help us uh, with that. So uh, it really is a it's a content creator. That's the best way to describe it. So we've we've been involved in so many different things. I mean, if I went down the list, sometimes Gretchen and I laugh. We're like looking, go, how the hell do we do all this stuff? <laughs> um, 
and your parents. But yeah, and we're parents, <laughs> which, which is why I think my beard was was uh, definitely dark, dark brown a year ago. And uh, <laughs> sleep deprivation is real. Hey, there's a CBD uh, oil for that one. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah. So that's really what we do. Is it's it's really more about that. We you know for for a minute I was doing product integration. You know my company was doing a lot of outbound marketing and promotions, and so um, I would partner with like White Flower Entertainment, and they do brand integration. So if a production company has to blow up a Corvette in their in their film we'd go to Corvette and we'd have them donate three cars. Ah. And so one of them gets blown up. The other one gets driven. You know, this offsets the cost of production because normally we'd have to go buy the Corvettes. Mm -hmm. But, but instead we do product integration where Corvette gets the exposure. You know, if you ever wondered why James Bond gets to drive the, the BMW or he gets to drive the Mercedes Benz in that particular, you know, uh, Bond film, mm -hmm. That's a brand integration. That's that's Mercedes Benz paying production to not only be showcased in that film, but also them donating the cars. Shameless promotions. <laughs> shameless promotions. Yeah. So I just I I've always found as much as I love the entertainment business, I've always found the business of entertainment to even be more fascinating. So if if I have an opportunity to act in front of the camera and be part of that production, love it. Truly, truly, it's a passion of mine. But on the back end. I love being involved in the production side of things and the business aspects of what makes the entertainment world go. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not uh, people that are going to sit around and go, oh, I hope I get cast. Oh, I'm going to auditions. Well, maybe they'll pick me. Yeah. I'm not going to wait for you to pick me. I'm going to go write a script. You I'm know I'm going to go produce a show. I'm going to go make some things happen. So Thank you for, the, for saying that because that's actually the exact – same reason why I decided to write the scripts that I wrote for that exact same reason that you just said right now. Yep. I mean, well, I mean, that's the key to this business. That's the key to like being relevant and staying active and busy is because that's the whole point. If you have to wait around and allow someone to be in charge of your destiny, it's not going to happen. You know, I, I think people in entertainment honestly get incredibly lucky. They really do. It, you know, the stories of the actors, you know, Christian Bale being in foreclosure before he booked Batman. Mm -hmm. You know, he had been an actor for 20 years. Chrissy Metz from This Is Us. Uh, and, and I know Chrissy. Chrissy Metz. Yes. Uh -huh. the, the, she is so awesome. And I find her to be such a talented actress. And I ran into her in the Paramount Studios a lot. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget because she's like, well, first off, she goes, hi, Slade. Is Gretchen here? <laughs> No, Chrissy, Gretchen's not here. Well, we can call her. Um, but what was so incredible is that she's like, look, she goes, I've been an actress for 20 years. It's like, nobody knows that. And no one, no one was casting the, the overweight girl, you know, on a regular basis for these productions. And she goes, this show made my career, but she goes, it saved me. She's like, I'm living in a little tiny one bedroom apartment, you know, barely getting by every single month. And all of a sudden now, boom, their show blows up and someone has an opportunity to really see her talent. Uh, and, and next thing you know, it turns the tides. Well, you think well, I mean, and I'm sorry to cut you here real quick, but it, it reminds me of Matt LeBlanc. That's another perfect example right there. He was living in his car before he got the call to play Joey on Friends. And then yeah. eight years later, boom, you know, like it was, it was one of those situations. 
but 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 every situation if you think about it is that way mm-hmm. it's like they're they're undiscovered they're not known they make no money they get given an opportunity somehow to showcase their talent and all of a sudden things explode. You know, there's a reason that the same producers work with Jennifer Lawrence over and over and over and over again. It's like, wow, we've discovered someone who's really good at what they do. I'm going to cast her in freaking everything. Cause guess what? I know what the end result's going to be. Why am I going to risk casting a different actor when I know that if I, if I bring Jennifer in, it can work. Exactly. So there's also nepotism too. That's the other problem. Well, Tons of nepotism, absolutely. But but again, right? If if I'm in charge of a production, and I have an opportunity to bring Xander in because I know how talented he is on the writing side, he's going to do a great script. Well, I'm going to bring the guy in that I like working with that I know is a good writer. I'm not yeah. going to bring someone in who I have no experience with. And so I think any corporation works that way. They bring in vendors and they bring in people they've they've worked with before and that they have a great experience with. That's so, just business. This is business, right? So, so what I'm hearing is that you actually want to bring me in. Okay, cool. Uh, it's a it's a yeah, contract on the radio. It's, it's a contract on the podcast. It's done. Verbal, <laughs> verbal, verbal commitment. There it is. There it is. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's amazing. And you know, like, you have. Do you have any like since the since the virus started? I mean, obviously, production has halted in. You know, everywhere it's it's just put a stop to everything in production but slowly but surely things are starting to reopen although mm-hmm. many authorities are saying that there might be a second wave coming pretty soon for the time being i mean your production company is it is it developing anything any new movies right now is are they shooting anything that's going to be uh coming out soon or have they shot something that's going to be coming out soon so uh nothing that i can announce today uh, we, we, we have not, uh, and I'll tell you why. I mean, we, we have not, we have not really stopped. Uh, so we, we definitely have shows where they're packaged talents attached. We've shot sizzle reels. Um, they're at the network level. Uh, we were waiting for, for budgets to be finalized and things to be greenlit and then COVID hit. So, you know, everything got stopped. And the challenge with that is what people may not even realize is that, you know, you've got producers, people in charge of development at the network level, a lot of them were under contract. Those contracts have ended and they didn't get renewed. So now you're starting all over again to pitch your project to a brand new person that they choose to bring in or someone that was below them that got moved up. So all these, all these people that we had relationships with have even left. They've gone to other networks. They've gone to other production entities. Things have changed. I can tell you, even at Paramount Studios, those things have not been greenlit yet. Their big shows have not been brought back yet. They have not been given the green light. And what happens is, you know, they, they will produce their series of shows, 27 episodes, whatever that order was. And then at this point, those shows are airing. You know, that content's still airing because they, they, they have to produce shows almost a year in advance. They haven't been brought back. Because if you think about it, the revenue loss for all the networks, no advertisers are buying ads, you know, there's no new productions that are happening. And so the network's going, well, what do we do? It's not like we can just flip a switch and turn it all back on again. We now have to tight, tighten our belt. We've got to figure out what shows we're really, really producing great revenue for us that, that should come back or can get brought back. Or what shows do we have to bring back because of contract? But if there are shows that were out of contract and that we're in the process of having to renegotiate those contracts, those are going to get put on the side. Because we, we have to deal with what we have in production today or that we are under contract and obligated to produce. Wow. So it's a, it's a very complicated thing, um, you know, as things start to reopen. So, well, know. 
I mean, I hope to see uh, a few of your movies from your production company come out soon. Uh, one last question I got to ask, how can people stalk you on social media? Uh, they can find me at Slade Smiley official. And I had to do that because of all the fake websites and, and uh, social media. So you had to make it official. Had to make it official. So Slade Smiley <laughs> official. Um, they can, uh, they can find us at, you know, Grayson ENT.com, which is Grayson entertainment. Uh, if they want to go to the website, um, and then please, uh, please tune into the Not Too Taboo podcast. They can download and prescribe. And uh, we, we need to, maybe we need to do a whole episode about uh, script writing. Agreed. And have, have that guy Xander Dames come on and uh, have and, a conversation about yeah, that, uh, that guy's kind of a douchebag. So. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the part really well. He <laughs> yes, he does. Really well. Yes, he yeah. does. Yes, he does. Yeah. And what about BioRain? Oh yeah, you can find it for for Byrains. Actually, you can just go to one uh, eight hundred Byrains dot com. Nice, nice. Well, you know what? I'm definitely going to go ahead and talk to you about that one uh, very soon. Uh, Slade Smiley, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. Appreciate your time, man. I mean, I know you've got a lot going on, and uh, hopefully, I get to have you on the show again very soon. Well, for sure. I will, uh, I'll, I'll try to book something with that blonde girl that I live with. Oh, that and, one. Yeah. I heard about yeah, her. <laughs> and, and I will, uh, I will quietly sit back and let my boss babe do her thing with you. That, you know what? That sounds fantastic, man. And you know, again, but I, again, I'd love to have you back on the show again, man. Cause I, I'm sure that we've only scratched the surface of you. It's, it's a very small surface. <laughs> yeah. Well, th thanks a lot, Matt, for at least letting me scratch a little bit of it. So. <laughs> All right, Xander, if you have an itch, you know where to scratch. No uh, this, this, this just got really weird, but yeah. I like it. But I like it, though. It's, it's fine. But I like it. Well, that, that, is, that is the Xander effect, right? Exactly. Just, That's what it it's is. Just, it's a little weird, and there, there's a reason everyone's still listening. Exactly. That's that's the point. <laughs> Slade, thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you thanks, soon. Thanks, Xander. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right, later. Bye. Thank you so much, Slade Smiley, for being on the Xander Effect. Hopefully, we'll have you on here again very soon. And hopefully, we'll have your lovely wife, Gretchen Rossi, on the Xander Effect as well. In sports, Lakers owner Jeannie Buss decides to share a very vile and racist and misogynistic letter on Twitter. And it was a very disturbing letter, actually. Actually, excuse me, it wasn't on Twitter. It was on her Instagram, actually. And it was a very disturbing letter from a very racist fan. Well, former fan, actually. And it reads, I'm going to not say certain words here, obviously, because it's just a really bad letter. It says, Dear uh, Expletive Word, Over after 60 years as a huge Lakers fan, I now say to hell with the overpaid N-word traders and the NBA. Go to hell and join N-word Kobe Bryant signed Joe, but she decided to leave his last name out of it. That, I mean, that that's just so sad to actually know that there's still people out there that are incredibly racist, ignorant, and stupid. I mean, I'm in shock. I mean, to even to even go ahead and and mention the late great Kobe Bryant in such a derogatory and racist fashion is just in poor taste, and that's trash, absolute trash. I am. I, I, it's just so incredible to, to to know that there's still people like that out there. So afterward, uh, Jeannie decided to go ahead and respond to that. 
and say, and say, quote, to Joe, did sending this letter make you feel better? Really, all you did was waste your time and energy and postage stamp. But thank you for including your return home address. <laughs> I don't know why she said that. Um, why don't you look in the mirror and see your ugliness because I refuse to. On this day, Juneteenth, I ask my white friends to join together, acknowledge the racism that exists in our country and around the world, and pledge to stop ignoring it. We all must do better. And the, the, the really disturbing part about this letter particularly is that this isn't the first time that Jeannie Buzz has received letters like this. This is really sad and tragic. She actually says that she's received this, these types of similar letters over the, over the years. Um, but this time she just decided to refuse to ignore them any longer, which I'm happy she did. In response to uh, this post, LeBron James went ahead and said, love you, Jeannie, in support for what Jeannie Buzz did. So good for her for not for for taking a stand to all these very racist people in uh, in the world of sports and in the NBA. In other in other sports news, looks like Clay Thompson is clear to train without restrictions on his healed knee. As we all know, Clay Thompson and many other uh, top you know top uh, players of the uh, Golden State Warriors, including Steph Curry, who basically was cleared to play after he had a broken bone in his left hand. And not only that, you know, I mean, this is back in early March. So basically, you know, at this point, it seems that Clay Thompson is cleared from his ACL injury uh, and his surgery that left him on the shelf for about a year. But the, you know, that doesn't mean that Thompson's going to compete like completely, you know, I mean, he's got to go ahead and slowly inch himself back into playing because they don't want to risk another injury so soon. I mean, the Warriors organization and the NBA are very, very uh, cautious about their players. So we'll see what happens in the coming months. And of course, with this new normal that's going on and the bubble uh, type of uh, season that they're doing for the NBA. We'll see. We'll, 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 we'll you know, go ahead and find out exactly how all this is going to play out with uh, the Warriors, the injuries, and every other team that's going to be included in this uh, in this bubble season. So we'll see what happens there. Coming up next in video game news, looks like Crash Bandicoot, uh, uh, it's about time, is supposedly heading to the PS4 and Xbox One. That is a rumor, but, you know, is it true? Will it actually happen? Don't know. We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, here is Great Dig's End of the World, right here on the Xander Effect. Trash fuck the money. 
and I must grow it. Acid rain coming down on me, got me fucking going insane. Got me losing my brain, ripping out my eyes, and in my heart there's a snake. In my grass there's a snake. Wait, so I'ma blow his head right off, head right off, head right off. Off with his head, and I'm dead on the inside. Got stunts getting dry, I'm barely alive. I'm asking the cries, I'm asking to die, I'm asking him why. This is JP Castillo. You're listening to Xander Dames on the Xander Effect. Me dicen que te pasas hablando de mí, diciendo que sin ti no soy feliz. Dicen que solo hablas de mí Parece que eres tú la que no olvidas Pues baby cuando tú te acuerdes de mí Espero que recuerde las veces que rico te di Y baby cuando tú te acuerdes de mí Recuerda que te dije verás como te reemplazo Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a sufrir porque ya no estás voy a morirme Ahora es que yo voy a empezar a vivir Todo me va mejor desde que tú te fuiste Me paso con mujeres todo el fin de semana Si yo te di lo que tú querías Entonces para qué tú me llamas No te quiero en mi cama No digas que me amas Que eso ni tú misma te lo crees Por favor deja el drama me la vivo gastando mi tiki, mi IP, mujer y botellas Yo ya salí de mi estorbo, nada a mí me atropella Me paso con esta, la otra, la amiga y aquella Y toditas son bellas, pero la que se crezca como te la dios en la estrella yo. No estoy pa' compromisos ni pa' enamorarme Por fin salí de ti, quisiste engañarme Ahora yo me disfruto la vida y perdona que así me despida pero por donde mismo tú entraste, por ahí mismo encontrar la salida. ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a sufrir? ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a morirme? Ahora es que yo voy a empezar. 
malas intenciones No me importan ni tus opiniones Yo estoy bien sin ti, no te emociones Que tú no me haces falta Tú con lo mismo me hartas Si te jugaste las cartas Ahora mi ausencia resalta Pues entonces tuviste que aprender Chocando con la pared Yo te di todo y de ti todo fue al revés Ahora te duele cuando me ves con dos o tres pero baby esta vez yo no estoy pa' compromisos ni pa' enamorarme Por fin salí de ti, quisiste engañarme Ahora yo me disfruto la vida y perdona que así me despida Pero por donde mismo tú entraste, por ahí mismo encontrar la salida ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a sufrir? ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a morirme? JP Castillo's reemplazo right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, is Crash Bandicoot, it's about time for, is Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, coming to the Xbox One and PS4? I mean, or and, and possibly even the Xbox, uh, the Xbox Series X. Well, that's the rumor that's going around right now. According to uh, uh, Twitter, there is a uh, tw- uh, a person by name of uh, with the handle at Gemma T Sucom. Gemma, no, I'm sorry, Gemma T Gemma T Gemma Sucom. <laughs> Very difficult name. Uh, they basically posted uh, an advertisement about it, and they said Crash Bandicoot 4. Uh, it's about time rated for PS4, Xbox One in Taiwan. So. That post is actually, uh, it was actually removed by, uh, from the committee's search results when people decided to go ahead and search for it. And the listing basically featured a short description of the game's premise, which basically says, quote, Crash is relaxing and exploring his island in his time, 1998, when he finds a mysterious mask hidden away in a cave, Lanny Loli. The mask is one of the quantum masks and apparently knows Aku Aku, Crash's mask friend. With the quantum masks returning and quantum rift appearing near our heroes, they decide to bravely head through the different times and dimensions to stop whoever is responsible. Now, along with this premise, there is also uh, there's also uh, uh, something on the on the bottom left of the box that states that uh, is go- uh, the game is going to be quote Xbox One game playable for on Xbox Series X. So they're all they may be looking at this possibly this game possibly going to the xbox series x as well we don't know this is all so far just hearsay nothing has been confirmed 
but if it's already being advertised, I mean, could this be true? That'd be pretty cool, actually, because Crash Bandicoot in general is a really fun game. I, I played it actually back when it was on the PS1, so that was actually one of my favorite games when the when the when the uh, platform started. So I don't know, it'd be pretty cool to see it on the Xbox One. That'd be different, uh, and also on the Xbox Series X. So we'll see what happens with that. That's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you so much for listening. Remember, there is still a virus out there, uh, so make sure to continue to practice social distancing. Unfortunately, we're starting to see a spike in uh, coronavirus cases, so please be careful out there. Wear your masks, practice social distancing. Uh, Remember to watch yourselves, take care of yourselves, not just for yourselves, but also for your loved ones. And also in this time of... of, protests with all these tragedies going on remember to love each other watch each other's backs this is one world we're all in this together and remember music always always heals all we'll see you next time y'all <laughs> i be tell i told yeah you did they ain't believe it though <laughs> one life Same game, be telling. What up? Woo! So we kick it like it's kickball. Power couple. She dripping in that Del Sega bonnet. They want to touch her. Everybody know that's do, girl. What you going to do by Me and her take on the world. Now that's the truth. Hey, everyone. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music, Inc., Sony Music, The Orchard, and BMG Bertelsmann Group. In association with Art19 Media.